Good morning. Welcome to Worship in the Name of Christ. Before we begin with our worship service, I'd like to share a few announcements with you. Uh, you can find two of them on the back of your bulletin. Right after this service, after we uh, enjoy communion, we'll go across the street and everyone is invited to enjoy lunch together that our church has provided, uh, Kelly has prepared for us. So whatever age you are, whoever you are, please join us. Uh, we'll have pulled pork and ribs, um, all kinds of good food together. And if you are within a uh, good age range, we have tons of outdoor activities, uh, especially for our kids. Uh, water slides, kiddie pools. Um, our elder, Will, has done an amazing job putting things together for us. So the way it can work is you can leave and come back. Uh, you can go eat, then go home, get your gear and come back or figure it out however you would like. We are planning to have everything set up until about 3 or 3.30. So, and we'll have the food out until about 1. So you can plan, you can figure out your plans for that. But we would love to have you. The second thing is Vacation Bible School uh, is starting tomorrow evening. And if you haven't registered your kids or if you have friends or neighbors who are coming, please have them register so that we have uh, enough materials and food and volunteers to do this well. We're really excited about that. Lastly, uh, women of all ages are invited to the Mississippi Valley Presbytery Women's Ministry event called Coffee and Reconnection on July 16th at 9.30 a.m. at Lakeland Presbyterian Church in Flowood. So if you're interested in going to this, please contact Midge Davis by July 10th. If you have any questions about this, you can talk to Midge uh, or Christy McCown, and they will be glad to answer your questions. And uh, there's a group that's going to be carpooling uh, from, about, from the morning to this event, if you'd like to go. Those are our announcements this morning. God is graciously bringing us into worship this morning. However you got here, uh, for whatever reason, you're here, and God will bless you in this time. So let's take a few moments uh, to open our hearts and our ears and our minds and ask God to help us worship him this morning. Please stand for the call to worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. If you will now take your hymnals and turn to number hymn number 599. Let us sing, Savior, like a shepherd, lead us.
Let us pray. O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath, keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all their heart. O Lord our God, listen to the prayers that your people pray before you this day. Listen, and when you hear, forgive. Hear our worship and prayers today and send us rain. Teach us, Lord, the good way in which we should walk. Hear us today as we pray the prayer our Lord Christ taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now as we turn to confess our faith, let us hear from Exodus 20, the first two verses. I will read that and then I will read the question and if you will respond. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. What does the Lord require in the first commandment? That for the sake of my very salvation, I avoid and flee all idolatry, witchcraft, superstition, and prayer to saints or other creatures. Further, that I rightly come to know the only true God, trust in Him alone, submit to Him with all humility and patience, expect all good from Him only, and love, fear, and honor Him with all my heart. Ensure that I forsake all creatures rather than do the least thing against His will. You may be seated. We have a time for prayer together, also silently and individually. I'd like to read from Psalm 139, and if you've been logging on to the internet, I guess we don't log on anymore. If you've accessed the internet um, over the past few days, you know uh, of the, the monumental news coming from the Supreme Court. Um, and so I thought we would uh, reflect on what God has to say uh, from Psalm 139. So I'm going to read this psalm, and then we'll go into a few moments of silent and individual prayer. And in our prayer, we can simply take some time uh, to praise God, to adore Him. Uh, if you have requests or, or needs, or you simply want to express uh, your feelings or emotions with God, it's a good time to do that. After a few moments of silent prayer, I'll lead us in a prayer uh, based on Psalm 139. So let me read this for us, and then we'll go into prayer. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed me from my, you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. Let's go to God in prayer for a few moments, and then I'll lead us in corporate prayer. Let's pray together.
Father, Son, and Spirit, how precious to us are your thoughts. Before there were even days, you had numbered each one for each of your image bearers. We praise you this morning for your power, your kindness, and your providence. How wonderful are your works, especially the work of each person on earth, image bearers of the one true and holy God. Lord, you deliver the needy when they call, the poor and him who has no helper. You, Jesus, have pity on the weak and the needy, and you save the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, you redeem their life, and precious is their blood in your sight. Holy Spirit, would you give us your heart for those who are yet formed, who are being formed, and who breathe the air of your world. Would you make us a people who seek life and more life wherever the curse is found? God, would you help us to listen well to those who are confused by or are angered by or are fearful of what you teach us in your word? Lord, we celebrate the Supreme Court ruling of this past week. And yet the division in this country over this decision and others, many other things, makes us grieve. So Lord, would you bring peace and would you lead people to the truth that you have given us? Lord, would you have mercy on all women, especially those who find themselves in places where resources and medical care are thin or non-existent? Father, may you raise up men in this country who so value women that they would be known for their love and protection of women. Men who would educate and disciple other men to love women, respect women, and protect them. Men who cherish women as fellow image bearers. Men who hate all forms of sexual sin, whether it be lust, adultery, pornography, covetousness. Holy Spirit, we pray that this would be a moment of clarity for our country in the protection of the unborn. Would you cause us to work with a deep desire to make this country a place for women from every socioeconomic class to safely raise their children, whether wanted or unwanted? Lord, would you bless our little image bearers this week at Vacation Bible School? Would you give energy to our teachers and leaders and bless the work of their hands? And would you keep Jamie and Christy and their girls safe as they travel to and enjoy RYM this week? God, we thank you for your wisdom and leadership during General, General Assembly this past week. Uh, you have been good to this denomination, and we pray you would continue to be so, leading us by your Spirit. God, we ask that you would bless the fellowship, uh, bless the food, bless all that we do today together as your church after the service. Would you make it a special time of connection, uh, of being able to share what's really going on in our lives and to support and encourage one another? And would you give our children a really, really fun time? Lord, we thank you for this church and this, this time of worship. We pray you would continue to bless it by your Spirit's power. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll take a few moments now uh, to take up our morning offering, our tithes and offering. And this is a, a time when we can simply respond to the grace that God has shown to us in our lives. Uh, so don't feel obligated to give, but simply give from a heart that's been blessed by God.
Please pray with me. God, would you take our meager tithes and offerings and multiply them for the glory of your name, for the glory of your church? Would you use these tithes and offerings to bless families and individuals in our town, in our church, and across the world? We ask that you would continue, as we have prayed often, to grow in us hearts that are eager to give, eager to pour out after you have given us so much. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for this opportunity to give. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd remain standing, we'll sing a hymn that's inside uh, on an insert in your bulletin, hymn 691, Surely Goodness and Mercy. And we'll sing the refrain that's on the back during the third verse. Let's worship together. Amen. You may be seated.
Please take a Bible or turn in your Bible to Psalm chapter 23. Psalm 23. We are going through several different psalms, looking at the different genres of psalms in the Bible, the different styles and content that the psalms include. And as Pastor Scott has said in the weeks past, the psalms really encompass all of our emotions. There is something uh, for every stage and situation of life. And this morning we're looking at my favorite psalm. Uh, it's Psalm 23. I think someone, some of you share that opinion with me. It's just a, a psalm that I can reflect on and think about uh, for weeks and months on end. Some of you, when you hear this psalm, will find great comfort in it. Uh, some of you will hear this psalm and think it sounds like a fantasy, like something that sounds nice, but is just something that the Bible would say. I pray that this psalm would be an encouragement and a challenge for all of us. And I'd like to ask God for help to have us, uh, help us receive it. So let's pray for a moment. God, as we listen to and reflect on this psalm, I pray that you would uh, give us ears to hear you uh, in a fresh way, in a new way. Lord, that you would cause us to leave encouraged and challenged, uh, and that we would leave full of your care and joy for us. So God, would you lead us by your spirit as we look at Psalm 23? I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to tell you a story of me and Elizabeth, uh, my wife. Some of you have heard this story before, so I apologize if the details are, are a bore to you, but I thought this fits so well with this psalm because this psalm is, is really like a journey. It's kind of like a story. So Elizabeth and I were going on a hike in Italy at a coastal region that is known for its mountainous hikes. Uh, the weather was hot, much like it is right now, upper 90s. So we purchased a big bottle of water, some snacks before we set out on this hike. I had prepared everything. I had papers printed with all the emergency numbers that we needed to call in Italy, and there's a lot of different numbers. I had everything I thought set for this hike, and when we got out on this hike, uh, we lost our cell service. Uh, we quickly ran out of food and water, and we lost the path that we had been going on for a few hours. It got so hopeless that my actual fight or flight response kicked in. And if this has ever happened to you, where your brain actually thinks I'm in real danger, you don't really have a lot of control over your emotions or your reaction. So I started uh, freaking out a little bit uh, and trying to find a path back to where we could go to safety before things got really bad. We started passing out and things like that. Thankfully, eventually, we found a path to follow back to wherever it would lead us, and we committed to it. It led us up a big hill out of the valley that we were in, down the, the hill and to this amazing, beautiful alcove where there was literally a restaurant, kids and parents and people playing on the beach, boats were docked in the water, the sun was shining, and we saw that the restaurant was actually open and serving food, and we came to this place close to passing out, needing water and food and shelter, and there it was. Um, it was an amazing and terrible experience. And as I read this psalm, I'm, I'm thinking, they, this restaurant was literally a table set for us in the midst of our enemies, of these mountains that were going to kill us. And so we were exhausted and sunstroked, but we ate and drank and found a boat ride back to where we were staying, and God had been good to us. So the memory of this experience will never fade. Uh, the suffering and the trial that we went through 
is something that we can't forget. God had rescued us. He had sat us beside still waters. He restored our souls. He fed and he nourished us, protected us. It was amazing. And surely, we were saying at the time, after I'd taken several Advil and we were on the boat back and I was delirious, uh, I could have been saying, the goodness and mercy of God will follow us all the days of our lives. And so this psalm is a journey in that sense. Uh, It's a journey that we take daily and over the scope of our entire lives as we follow Jesus. So I want to look at two points, two brief points, and then we'll move into enjoying the Lord's table. The first is David's shepherd, and then the second point is our shepherd. So we'll look at David's shepherd first. King David was a former shepherd, And he understood, when you look at verse 1 of this psalm, he understood how much alike he was to the sheep that he used to shepherd. David knew Yahweh, the Lord, God of the universe, as his personal shepherd, as his shepherd. In the psalms, you'll find descriptions of how people relate to God all over the place, whether it's their shield, their refuge, their rock. But David here says, God is my shepherd. He was confident that his shepherd God was with him to the end of his life and beyond. That God was not distant, just managing things out there in his life, being providential, but God was actually with him. And verses 2 to 3 show that God was the one who made him lie down in green pastures beside still waters. And these still waters are where sheep can go and drink water without the threat of rushing waters, without the discomfort of water that's flowing too rapidly. David's God actively restores his soul a deep spiritual and physical restoration. He leads him on right paths, paths of righteousness. Even in verse 4 where we read this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even the valley of the shadow of death for David was a right path, the path that God was walking with him on. This could have been David's whole life that he was describing, or a moment that he was remembering, or a moment that he was currently in, but God was with him on this path. David's shepherd protects him. God, as his shepherd, disciplines him. He keeps him close. His rod and his staff do these things. He helps him not to stray off the path. And he even defeats his enemies for him. He protects him. All of this God does for David. But God does even more than this. As we move into verse 5, God sets a bountiful table in the presence of David's enemies. This can be kind of confusing, but I see this as God setting a table in the presence of his enemies, as in, if, you watched, if you've watched any sports championships, when the winning team is on the opposing team's court, nobody wants the, the away team to win the championship on the opposing team's court because when they win, they're literally celebrating while everyone around them is just crying and sad and bummed out that their team didn't win. So when God sets a table in the presence of his enemies, that's a victory statement. God is with David, even in the midst of his enemies, in victory. They are powerless and defeated. So it's no surprise that if this is true for David, he can say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever if God is with me as my shepherd who will never leave me in life and in death. So what does this teach us about God? What does it teach us 
about God? Is God our shepherd? How is God our shepherd? Which leads us to our shepherd. I want to tell you another story. You have probably seen a story like this. Uh, In my internet research of this story, I found that there were other sheep like Shrek the sheep in New Zealand. This is a real story. Um, In 2004, a merino sheep escaped his home where the shepherds would take care of him and take off his wool and sell it. He escaped, and Shrek's owners thought he was lost forever. Six years later, they found him in a cave. Someone stumbled upon this sheep in a cave. He had grown six times the amount of wool that this kind of sheep normally grows, which is about 60 pounds of wool, which is enough to make, as this one article said, 20 large-sized suits for men. And so you can imagine a sheep that has been growing wool for six years looks kind of like a huge marshmallow or a, a big ball of fluffy ball. And what's great is that New Zealand loved this. They loved this sheep. It became, the sheep became a national hero. And they auctioned off his wool to charity. Now Shrek, the sheep was doing what he was made to do, which is grow wool. But he fled from his shepherd. He was living in isolation, literally in a cave. He was growing his wool, but it wasn't benefiting anyone. And in fact, his wool was actually beginning to harm him. He couldn't see very well. His legs were starting to give out. And it wasn't until... Shrek was brought back out of the cave and back to his shepherd that he was made fruitful again, that his wool was used to help others. Shrek goes from the care of a shepherd to full self-reliance and self-dependence on his own. And then he was rescued by his shepherd. He was restored to health and made useful again. As someone once said when I was reading about this psalm, they said the simple fact that sheep don't grow out of dependence. Sheep don't grow out of dependence. They never become self-reliant. They are always dependent on a shepherd. They're like permanent children who need food and shelter and bathing their entire life. Now, David admits in verse 1, he admits a lot about himself. He admits that God is his shepherd and that he's dependent on him. David is dependent on God like a sheep and their shepherd. And like David, we are sheep who need a shepherd. This is good news. It's also the challenge for us and for Christians The Christian life is not about maturing out of dependence into self-reliance. The Christian life, as we mature, is maturing into greater dependence on our shepherd, into greater dependence on our shepherd. God is going to walk with you. He is going to lead you by faith and never leave you. And he's going to work on you and me our entire lives to build in us a heart that grows and grows in dependence on him for all things related to life and salvation. So the question is, today, if you are in a place in which you are pretty self-reliant, or maybe you're isolated physically, spiritually, You're self-sufficient. I pray that you'll see David's confession and teaching in Psalm 23 and look to the God of David, who is your shepherd, who wants you and you, in fact, need to be with and rely upon and submit yourself again to him. 
we come to this interesting truth that being in need and being dependent on God is not a form of weakness, but it's in fact our strength. It shouldn't be surprising when we are in need or are helping others in need. That is where God leads us. It's the entire Christian life, and it's actually evidence that the Holy Spirit is working in your life. Now Jesus knew God the Father as his shepherd. God led Jesus on right paths, making him lie down in green pastures, restoring his soul, leading him to the cross, and raising him in victory in the midst of his enemies. And that great enemy, death itself, could not hold him down. Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, is both our sacrificial lamb and our great shepherd. He leads you through the valley of the shadow of death. He protects you. He guides you. He restores your soul And he literally sets a table for you. And so it's good for us to remember who we are and who God is as our shepherd. To trust him and follow his voice. And I pray that each of us, that God would make us better attuned to his voice. That he would grow us to heed his words of caution quicker, that we would go to him more and more for rest and for restoration and guidance. You and I are more similar to Shrek than we will ever want to admit to each other. When we stray from our shepherd, perhaps for long stretches of time, We grow so much wool over our eyes that it becomes hard to see. We might even think that as we're growing wool and doing the things we think we're to be doing, that we're actually being fruitful. We leave the protection of our shepherd and we foolishly try to make it on our own. And amazingly, God pursues us even there. And so Christians, you're called to a life of dependence on God as your shepherd. And in that dependence, you will find fruitfulness and joy and peace, protection. This has been true for me. I think it would be great if we gathered together over lunch today and we shared stories of how when we were in need, God showed up and how he showed up. When I moved to Washington, D.C. almost 12 years ago, I was by myself, didn't know anyone there, and I had just started going to a new church. Um, I joined a a small group Bible study, and I was led to a place by God where I just needed other guys to help me and to just talk with me. And so I emailed all the guys in my small group, and I said, is anyone able to just meet with me for breakfast once a week and just talk with me, read the Bible with me, and just help me? Because I was literally just in need of help. And it was after the fact that I thought that if you were a Christian, that people would just naturally come to you and help you, and you would just be in a place where there was always someone who would help you. But I was in a place of utter need, and the men in this group rose to the occasion. I immediately started uh, meeting with someone and in that group, and we were encouraging each other and praying for one another. There are so many stories like that in my life, including here in Louisville, in which we get to a place and we're saying, Lord, I need you. I need help. And God answers. And that's not a place of weakness. That's the place God is growing and leading us into. 
God has been good to me. He is my shepherd. Is he your shepherd? Perhaps if you don't know God as your shepherd, I pray that you would hear his voice this morning. And when you hear him, all you have to say by faith is that I know I'm a wandering sheep and I need God as my shepherd. I'm a sinner in need of forgiveness and grace. Will you help me, God? I need guidance. I need wisdom and protection. And so we, when we come to that place of simply asking God for help, he blesses us. He gives us that help. He provides for us in every way. So depend on God as your shepherd. Grow in this dependence. Listen to him. He is with you, guiding you, even through the valley of the shadow of death. Let's pray. God, you are our good shepherd. Many of us know, know this to be true, and, but we all need uh, fresh encouragement from your word to go to you again and again. Lord, we stray from you in different ways and different times, and you lead us back. We pray, Lord, that you would restore each one of us to yourself, that you would fill our hearts that you would give us people to encourage us, that you would lead us to a place of full trust and dependence on you. You will never let us down. You will never leave us or forsake us. And God, if there are people here who who do not know you as their shepherd, we pray that you would lead them to yourself and that you would help us as a church encourage them and help them. God, we love you and we thank you for the opportunity coming now to celebrate the table that you have set before us in the presence of the whole world. We thank you for your word in Psalm 23. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. We'll prepare the Lord's table now, and as we prepare the table, I invite you to stand And we'll sing the first three verses of hymn number 87. So let's stand and sing the first three verses of hymn number 87, The Lord's My Shepherd I Shall Not Want. Please be seated. Listen to the words of institution from Luke chapter 22. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. 
And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after they had, they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Jesus sat with his disciples around a bountiful table. He was sitting with friends and also enemies. The table pointed to the cross in which Jesus would die a torturous death in the place of sinners. Jesus would be murdered, but it wasn't defeat. It was victory. It was the most glorious act in the history of the world. And what Jesus accomplished at the cross and confirmed in his resurrection is now available to you and me by faith. Jesus is the spiritual host of this table. He is with us spiritually by faith. And he tells everyone to come and eat this bread and drink this juice. It is my body broken for you and my blood spilled for the forgiveness of your sins. And he says, there is plenty. There is more than you need. There is more than enough. He wants to bless us with this table, with his presence. If you only would say, I depend on you, Jesus, my shepherd. I need you. I am a poor Lost sheep, restore my soul. Make me lie down in green pastures. Protect me, guide me, bless me, so that I can be a blessing. If you're a member of this church or another and in good standing, I invite you to participate in this table and enjoy it. I would ask that you would let the bread and cup pass if you don't understand what we're doing at this table. Or if you haven't yet trusted Christ for your life, it wouldn't make sense with your faith and your belief to participate. And we're warned in Scripture that all who participate in this table but who do not trust Christ as their Savior, a judgment rests on you by God. So instead, you can take this time to ask God to give you understanding and faith. But please pass on these elements. If you trust in Christ, I invite you to enjoy this table with me and rest secure in the care of your great shepherd. Would you please pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this table in which our, your blessing to us overflows. These signs uh, point us to your great love for us, your great care in which you are walking with us even now through the valley of the shadow of death. Would you use these simple, this simple bread and this simple juice uh, to point us to you, to encourage our hearts, and to strengthen our faith? We pray in Jesus' name, amen. The Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He gave it to his disciples as I, ministering in his name, give this bread to you. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The elders will pass out the bread, and once everyone's been served, we will partake and enjoy together.
For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The body of Christ broken for you. Let's eat together. In the same manner, he also took the cup. And having given thanks as we've done in his name, he gave it to his disciples, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Drink from it, all of you. And once again, the elders will pass out the cup. Once everyone's been served, we'll drink together. short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith
Christ's blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Let's drink together. Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, you have done so much, and yet you are still with us by your Spirit, walking with us, growing us, growing in us hearts that are ever dependent on you for all things. Lord, would you fill us with the joy and peace of your Spirit and lead us in this joy uh, to our fellowship together across the street and, in, and into this week as we work and serve you to your glory. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand for the last two verses, verses 4 and 5 of The Lord's My Shepherd, I'll Not Want, in hymn number 87. Let's stand and finish our service with this hymn. Receive God's blessing and respond in faith with your amen. And uh, let, me, uh, let me pray for our meal and then I'll give a final blessing. God, thank you for the, the meal that we're about to share with one another. Thank you for the hands that have prepared it and for all the fun things that you have uh, gathered for us and for our kids to use. Um, God, would you use this all to bind us further together as you grow your church. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hear God's blessing. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen.